Well, by the way, we hot. Welcome to the Roundhouse Roundtable. Hey, Let's thank get you it. guys for the invite. All right, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Let's get it. That's what my glow up in lightning. Hot yeah, something like lightning. This shit a hit on my psychic. She want me lick, I'm excited. See, I feel that that's my business, and that's why I'm business minded. Need a push, get behind it. It's a science, apply it. Worst come to worst, you tried it. Get a bag, get inspired. Shoot your shot, just the effort. I admire. You're higher than the conference at this point. Oh my god, my circle is smaller than the point. I'd rather see the voice than hearing the people they voice. We already have. Let me give you a proper welcoming to the show into the Roundhouse Roundtable. To the table, we have our guy. Now he's our guy because he's here. Jeffrey Dutcher, Dutchie. Dutch. Dutch. Oh, see, I'm trying I make, to get that man a nickname. I, I, I make I make nicknames myself. I can't help it, and they stick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was I'm, gonna ask some, if he be called Dutchy. Somebody called you Dutchy. It's it's happened for sure. I mean, past the Dutchy, it's gonna come up, right? Yep. <laughs> past the Dutchy. <laughs> oh, after retirement, you can turn to Dutchy. <laughs> but it's nice to meet you. Welcome. So. First off, like, like, where, where are you from? Like, so uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so uh, I grew up kind of everywhere. Hey, Dutch. No, he's still frozen at the top. Yes, yeah, super frozen. Mm-hmm. Dutch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, as soon as the interview starts. Soon as he starts that's, that's, that's dope that, like, he's in the Air Force, like, or his parents his parents was in the Air Force. Hopefully he he drops back in. And I'm always welcome to have people on the show with like knowledge in the game and people who actually have respect in the game. Like you can't get a a, jo- a job as a judge without having respect in the game, man. I think that's big. And we always talk about judging on here a lot, and we harp on judging a lot on the show. So I think that that's that's us showing y'all how real we are. That's the fair shake. <laughs> so we got a judge actually on here to be able to speak their piece and, and you know, get a, a little bit into the ins and outs of how the whole scoring process works, how it all comes together, especially when they figure out who's going to be getting their arm raised. And then DC was also talking about how the commentators were sitting in and going over some of the rules and what judges look for when they're scoring the cards. So I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah. And at the same time, they get that realm of, of freedom mm-hmm. to, you know, they, they get that area. It's like every judge has certain things that stand out to them, regardless of if they're supposed to be judging exactly how this happens. It's yeah. certain things. And it, I, I wanted to know about submission defenses, like the value of submission defenses. Because you prevented the fight from stopping early. I think yeah. that that should count towards you, like even with takedown defenses and submission defenses, I think that should hold some weight. I could understand in a sense why it wouldn't be because you're you're on the defense instead of being the attacker. But I think there there should also be some something to be said about people defending uh, positions and submissions. That's true, and it turns the tide in the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. When people get out, it don't, it doesn't matter who's winning. Like who, if somebody gets out of a, a deep submission, they're either cheering or they're they're going off. Like either way, it's noise happening because it's a big uh, a big moment, and that helps break the confidence. So that's like uh. Either it could be like slow ammunition or fast ammunition of breaking somebody's confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, take the instance with RoboCop. 
where he got hit pretty bad, but he didn't fall. He kept coming. And you could tell, like, the other dude's spirits was broken. And yeah. I called it at the beginning. I said, RoboCop going to win this one. It's not going to go with the favorite. And behold, second round, that's what happened. You know, starting jujitsu, like for me, just because of my body type, they just threw like the big guys at me and just like, all right, go roll. And they were like, well, he has a hot pace, so roll with him. And I, I'm getting submitted and, and farting at the same time. Like it was oh, just a bad on. day. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough. I, I That's where I, I learned humility. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Glad to have goodness. you back. No worries. We we just improvised and started getting into our no cap recap. That's what we did. I didn't see uh, your guys' latest one. So, yeah. Oh, good. I appreciate that. I appreciate you checking us out. And especially by, hold on, let me hear what the fuck they're talking about. Cause <laughs> let me hear, let me, cause make sure they're not saying nothing crazy. We, we say crazy stuff sometimes, you know, sometimes. That's fine. Not all the, you I know, like we, your mustache. I, I, I know. I'm about to say we did not give, Give a give the proper moment for the stash because it's a it's official. Yes, it, it is, is official. Yeah, I'm just gonna pull it back, so we'll get these bigger soon. So, do you let it curl up? Do you? Yeah, you gel it and curl it. It's just yeah. barely. Ooh, that, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. We we respect we respect a, a nice stash because we like like you were saying before before we got disconnected. Yeah. You were saying your parents were in the air force. We both are were in the air force. Okay, nice. Yeah. My father did uh, 22 years, and then uh, my stepfather did a little over 20 as well, and mm -hmm. I'm just an Air Force brat, so I kind of grew up everywhere, and then Utah now has become home base for the last 22 years for me. Mm. Utah is beautiful. Oh, man, oh. I love it. I yeah. love it. We lived in Idaho for a few years, <laughs> so like, I, I got to go over to Utah a few times, and 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 look at the mountains and see how cold it is. And just like that area of the region of the world, like Utah, Idaho is just like, you need to just go see it. <laughs> like you just have to see it. People sleep on Utah for sure. This area. Yeah. Did you end up going to the UFC event in Utah? I didn't, I didn't go to this latest one. I was not assigned to this one, um, but I was assigned to the very first one here. That was uh, what, like six, seven years ago. I was assigned yeah. to that. One. That's big. So yeah, oh, yeah, get into that. You were, you were just talking about where you were from, from Utah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm in Utah. I've been here for a little while now. I started watching MMA in high school. So 98, 99, I was like a sophomore, junior. And we went down to, it was like the blockbuster, but up on base when I was uh, stationed, my dad was stationed in Florida. So we got some of those old UFC VHS tapes and just started watching them there and kind of got into it that way. I moved to Utah and um, there was a local promotion here called Ultimate Combat Experience owned by Mike Stidham. And I just watched that on TV for a while. And I ended up finding out Jeremy Horn had a gym here in Utah. Mm. So that's where I started training out of that first was with Jeremy Horn. And I ended up having my very first fight on his very first card here in Utah. What was your first martial art? Honestly, it was nothing. So I played football and baseball in high school and I was just kind of getting out of shape. I was in my early twenties and I was like, you know what? I want to do something to kind of stay in shape. So I was like, you know what? I've been watching this for a while now. Let's go in there and just get in shape. I had no plans to ever fight. I'm not this super hyper masculine guy that wants to go beat people up. I was just like, Hey, you know, let's go do this. It'll be nice to have in my back pocket case anything sure. ever pops off and gets crazy. 
So after training there for a while, Jeremy's like, Hey, I'm going to do my first show. Do you want to take a fight? And I was like, <laughs> if you think I, I can actually beat somebody up, let's go. So <laughs> I ended up uh, being on that card. And do you know who Demarcus Johnson is? Yes. He fought out of Jeremy's too. And uh, he was actually the main event on that card that I was on. Okay. So okay. this, and that, like I said, that was in 07, man. It was a, I was a young man. <laughs> Well, I'm about to say the the age is not showing yet. Once you oh, say height, once you it's not 41, showing. Forty one next month. So <laughs> sorry for the people that's going to be listening on the on, listening on Spotify and Apple. Sorry, sorry the ones that's going to be listening because you can't see how young this guy looks. You look like you're in your twenties. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. See, see, Asian don't raisin, right? <laughs> <laughs> and black don't crack. Hey. <laughs> See, I'll, see, my bad. All right. Okay. So, okay. so that's big. After you realize, like, okay, all right, this fight, I don't like punching people. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool on the yeah. punching people. So what happened was uh, I have uh, a disease known as Crohn's disease, but uh, I really kind of ran into some problems. I had two major surgeries on my small intestines where they removed some. I think I have like 21 inches of small intestine removed. I was dealing with anemia, all these things that wouldn't really allow me to train as hard as I wanted to. And after that kind of happened, I wanted to still stay in the sport and be a part of it. And the best option that I saw was to become really good at being a judge. And in the beginning, it was just like, hey, do you want to come judge? There was no compensation. There was no checking of your background to what you were, what you did. So at that point, it was just like, hey, hey, Dutch, I know you watch the sport. You're a fan come judge. So that happened for a long, long time where the judge, uh, bless you. Sorry. <laughs> she sneezes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so we would just go to shows and sometimes they'd be two, three, four, five hours away. And I would pay my own gas, my own food, all that stuff just to go judge. So it eventually got to the point where another judge here in Utah, Dan first went in front of the commission. We gave our reasoning of why we started would want to start to get paid. We had to pay for our ABC trainings. I've had it with John McCarthy, Blake Grice. There's other judges that and referees mm. that we go and, you know, we pay, pay out of pocket to go to these trainings, you know, and it became to a point where you needed your ABC certification here. You had to have shadowing with some of the better judges, the more seasoned judges. So now it's much harder to break into. And there's oh, wow. a few people are taking those steps to get into it. I've been at it for like 15 years now. and you know, I haven't been able to enjoy the sport as a fan for these last 15 years. It, it's a weird, weird area to be because I watch everything. I follow everything. But if you ask me a question about who I think is going to win this fight this weekend, I'm going to tell you whoever deserves it at the end of five rounds or three rounds, whatever it is. I don't have an opinion on that. So um, just with that and some other things with the, the local commission here, I was like, you know what? It's time, to be, time for me to be done and maybe look at doing some of those other things that I feel like I've been missing out on these last 15 years. I used to write articles for KSL News here in Utah. There was a point in time where I started the first local MMA news website. So just not being active wow. in that part of the sport has really changed. And I kind of want to get back into that and see where that leads me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it's been a super fun journey. Uh, Bellator's been here. I think they came in 2013 their first time. I've judged both yeah. of those. LFA, RFA, and Victa. All those guys have been here. I mean, judging a lot of these guys that the local circuit was their like last stop before going on to the UFC or Bellator. 
it's it's really cool to be part of that. And Utah, people don't expect it, but we have we have shows here at least once a month, at least one show. And it's great that someone's willing to take those risks to have a show to be able to help these local guys get to the next level. And it has helped uh, the commission get great judges, great refs, great inspectors that the UFC would actually look to come here and have events. So those guys, unsung heroes of MMA, the guys that put on these little shows and, and do something like this, it's those are the guys that deserve a lot of credit that don't get it. Exactly. They they kind of give those give those guys a voice, the guys that are, are, are pushing up past that level. It's a big thing because uh, some guys are, you know, you hear their stories and they're talking about how they have to train, they have to travel to four hours away every, mm -hmm. every week or throughout the whole week just yep. to train at this specific gym that has that attention and resources. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. It is. It, it is for sure. And it, it's been great to see like these other commissions locally around here start to grow and more fights happening there. I've driven out to Idaho. I've driven out to Wyoming to judge fights out there. And the Wyoming commission has invited me out there a couple of times for some of their ABC trainings and uh, to judge some of their events. And I mean, Wyoming went from these really tiny shows where I saw a guy spit out a thing of chew in the middle of a fight. <laughs> to, it was insane. To having a legit commission who's wanting to step it up and really be taken seriously. So it's great where they didn't have a commission before. They let all that be done by the promoter. And there was really nothing to hold anyone's uh, feet to the fire if something did mm. go wrong. So you'd have these just wild shows and some of the promoters did it good. They, they'd actually make their fighters take medicals and do blood tests. And some, it was just like, Hey, show up here close to this weight and you'll fight this guy. And it's you, just, you want to do elbows, uh, elbows or not. What, what rules you guys <laughs> so, it, it's been, it's been awesome to see the sport evolve from, That's from that. Cool. Like I remember you'd see guys in the beginning that had no, like, zero and zero stepping into a cage and you're like have you even trained at all to guys who have no fights in their first time in the cage and i'm like damn like you're a monster already and you haven't even stepped foot into a cage for an actual event this is it's wild but that's the way it is now man all these young kids yeah, yeah they, they're taking a route that like you took they're taking a route they're just coming in learning mma and yes. then like just being able to have that well-rounded game like, yep. like, so they, it's like, they put it together a lot earlier, yes. uh, uh, differently than somebody who's like a wrestler. And then they, then later on, you know, they may put their hands together and then maybe they put some kicks with it later. You guys, y'all, cause it's, it's a guy like that in our gym. Like he, he's doing wrestling right now, doing jujitsu, like he, and Muay Thai at the same time. And he's just putting it all together already. Like it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it is crazy, man. It's, yeah. it's wild to see what these new kids are coming up and, you don't see really very many specialized guys anymore. It's super yeah. well-rounded and just amazingly talented fighters now. It's another level. And it, it's been awesome to watch that that evolution of, of the sport and, and kind of be there in the beginning and have somewhat part of it, even if it was just Utah's MMA. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been amazing to watch it grow. And, and have to keep it all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sucks. No, that hurts. Um, yeah. Somebody would ask me something after a few shots. I lose yeah. my damn job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 
okay with me, man. I'm just like, well, whoever's better that day, I just hope they win. I hope the yeah. judges get it right. <laughs> so, so that's that's where like it'll be a conflict of if if we're on here and we're like, hey, who do you think has this? Or or if we were like, what do you think about this judging for this event? <laughs> so, I mean, it's a hard one. I don't like to really. I mean, I I do have those conversations with my peers in that yes, group. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, we, we have group texts and we talk <laughs> and we go, hey, what was so-and-so watching that night? Or like, were they watching the fights? Or, you know, we, we talk about like new rule, like, um, what was it? I think in 2017 is when they kind of changed the unified rules to, to say the damage, dominance, and duration. Mm. So we talk about those things to make sure we're all on the same page when we're watching fights Friday, Saturday night. And we're judging. We all want to make sure we're all on the same page too. So I get to have conversations about MMA, but they're just a, a really sub, a really small subsect yeah. of uh, what's going on. <laughs> so it's something that was always on my mind about, like how you said damage, dominance, and duration. Yes. When it comes to submission defenses, I was going to bring that up to you because what? I watched the episode. <laughs> say. So here, here, here's what it is. When you are in a submission, right, mm -hmm. and you get out, or if you're in someone's guard and you do, you get your underhook, you get back up, you use the cage, you're not awarded for that because what that's doing is that's keeping you in the fight. That's not helping you finish the fight. Uh -huh. So that's what we got to look at. When you look at anything, the first thing we look at is damage. And then if everything is equal in that damage, if it's equal in my eyes, then I move down to the next tier, which is dominance. And if I go down to, and if that's even, then I look at the duration. Mm -hmm. So that's why when, when I hear the MMA media or just, you know, speaking. Just go ahead and say it, y'all, y'all. When I hear y'all <laughs> talking crazy. <laughs> See, and, and we give you a fair shake. That's why I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so yeah, glad no, that's the thing too, is like, it's hard for the, for people in my position to talk about and get those things out. So when people listen to like big John's podcast with him and punk, Josh Thompson, mm. he, he's the one that's kind of our person that's getting the word out of what we're looking at. You know, he's the one who, who wrote those commandments for us to go look at and judge those fights. And like I said, it's the damage dominance and duration. And if damage is a, is a clear factor that we can say, hey, fighter A beat fighter B on damage, I don't have to look at the dominance and the mm. duration. So when we hear people talking about, well, what about, uh, he had him on the ground for three minutes. So what does that do? But he did nothing while he was on the ground. He got rocked. He got elbowed. That's what happened. That's what the damage done to finish that fight was that was the, those were the actions that almost finished that fight that put that fighter closest to finishing the fight. And then you got to remember there's immediate and cumulative damage as well. Something that you see right away that kind of stumbles them or leg kicks that are just, you know, adding up over the fight, but mm -hmm. we're looking at and holding the, the immediate damage at a little bit higher because we can actually see the effect of what's happening right then at that point. Then if you know those leg kicks start coming in and he starts limping, now that's cumulative and immediate damage that I visually see what's going on in that fight. Mm. So those are the things that we're looking for as judges. So I hope that cleared that little that, bit of that, why, why defense isn't gonna, isn't gonna be a, a scoring criteria. Well, 
exciting when someone gets up, they get that underhook, they get it really deep, they get up to a knee and they get up and it's like, yes, let's, let's see you guys swing it out now. Mm-hmm. But that just kept that guy in the fight. Yep. Okay, so I think where the disconnect is for me is the entertainment factor. That's where I started to go in, into because I'm adding that factor into it, not actually thinking about a judge's mindset is not worried about what's going, the entertainment that you're providing. It's about how you're performing. No, I, I get that too, because I hear a lot of people like, oh, I can't believe fighter A gets to fight fighter B already. And I'm like, it's a sport, but above that, it's entertainment and what makes money. And I get it because like a lot of people like, hey, I want to see them stand up. They've been on the ground too long. Me, if you can hold a guy down for five minutes, hold him down for five minutes and beat him up. That's that other guy's job to get back up and do something. If that's that guy, if he can control you that much, you got to get back in the gym and, and work on wrestling and work on getting your back up on that cage and getting up. And I know it's not that easy. I'm just saying getting in the gym. <laughs> no, we understand. <laughs> no, it's not we that understand. Easy. But. If, that, if somebody can keep you standing up and he shoots on him and you, you throw uh, that sprawl and you get back up and the guy like, oh, I just want you to get down on the ground with me. I get it. Better get better at your takedowns. You better get better at initiating that clinch and, and doing those things. But I totally understand what you're saying with you want it to be exciting. You want to have that action. And, and submission uh, defense is, is a high point of action. People don't really take it in consideration, but like when you hear like the crowd going off, it's either when somebody just got knocked out or when somebody just got out of a submission, <laughs> out of a deep one. Like, so yeah. when you think about like uh, Volkanovski getting out of the mounted guillotine, like that was a, a high moment when it comes to like the audience crowd entertainment, yeah. but that's not a real factor. Think that's... of it this way. It's everyone cheering on that he still gets to keep fighting. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. I see it as that too, because Jose Aldo, um, his last fight, he was he had uh, no takedowns. His defense was great, but he couldn't focus on his stand up because he was so worried about the takedown that he couldn't be his action self because he was so concerned about the takedown. So mm-hmm. I get it in a sense, but it's like now it's like if you're not engaging, I think that is counting against people or even holding because they're getting people off the cage and off the ground if it's just considered like a holding mechanism, which I'm all for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the the biggest thing when you guys are looking, the damage, if that's even, you're going down to the dominance and then duration. If those things are even, you keep on going down. And I would say almost every single fight I've ever judged and I mean that's thousands and thousands over these last 15 years you can almost always say like hey this fighter had it just a little bit even if it was just a little bit it was enough to to get that round off not having to go to anything else that's good info so i'm glad you came on here to let us know to come check us (laughs) (laughs) but because like that's that's what we're here for you know what i'm saying like we we you know we're white belts in jujitsu right now so like we're 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 very humble people right now so, <laughs> so I'll keep that because it, it it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like the learning process and the journey, just fall in love with the journey and being able to gain this knowledge. You know, uh, I appreciate you coming on here and bringing the, your knowledge and expertise. And I'll, hopefully like we could chop it up, you know, again sometime on oh, here. Anytime. Like I said, I am uh, hanging up my proverbial hat for MMA judging. This Saturday, uh, the biggest show here in Utah, Fierce Fighting Championships. They're going to be at the Maverick Center here in Utah. 
that's going to be my send off show. And like I said, I'm, I'm done and hopefully I can find other avenues to really stay ingrained and engulfed in this sport. Cause oh man, besides my family and my kids, this is my, my next love, man. So you guys will definitely be hearing from me and uh, I would love to come chop it up about one of these next events. For sure. And, uh, we can talk about it and shoot even at that point in time, if there's like a, a close fight or something and you guys want to get my take on. Yeah. We say somebody's been robbed <laughs> <laughs> and you come on here and correct us. <laughs> but yeah, just let me know. It was great to meet you guys. Uh, I'm sure. excited. You guys are in Utah. Hit me up. There's a bunch of local gyms that would love to have you guys roll and, Absolutely. and be on the and your social media, anything that you want to put out there? Um, I do run a Facebook group called Fighting Out Of. All I do on there is I provide results for all the local shows here in Utah. So if you're not able to go, you can at least go up, check the Facebook page and find all the results to anything going on. But uh, nothing right now. I don't know, like I said, if I'm going to try my own podcast or maybe start writing again. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it leads me. I'll definitely be in contact if anything, for sure. anything goes. You speak well. And you have the knowledge there. So I, I'm sure whatever you do next, and especially if it has anything involved in fighting, I think you'll do exceedingly great things. Like, Well, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you guys. So you guys just barely started this podcast too. Yeah, right? yeah. About a year um, and some change, yeah. Okay, we've nice, been, nice. Been, yeah, I'm rocking. Guys, watching your shows and thanks. Um, got a new fan so appreciate it thanks well we, we we about to sign off real quick i just wanted to tell everybody hey make sure you tune into roundhouse roundtable make sure y'all check this episode out for sure we have a official official judge official judge jeff dutcher <laughs> because i was going to say dutchy dutchy i was going to mention together and we appreciate you uh just stopping by and just chopping it up was real quick and we didn't want to take too much of your time, but okay. Roundhouse Roundtable, make sure y'all check us on Spotify, iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube, you know, click all the buttons and all the likes and all that. Y'all got it. And we appreciate it. It's me, Armani T, B, and the official judge. <laughs> <laughs> Dutchie. <laughs> all right, man. And and thank you for your service that you, that you, you know, to the, to the sport. And because that's people's career, you know, you've helped, you've played a big part. And we just want to say thank you again. And it's Roundhouse Roundtable. We out of here. Hey, thank you guys. All right. Thank thanks, you. Man. All right. See you guys. And we bike. <laughs> and we appreciate Dutchie for stopping by. No. Uh, officially, no. When he went, no. When he said, hey, it's D in the text message, when he said, hey, it's Dutchie in the text message, it's official. He, it's locked in. It's locked in. It's Dutchy. It's Dutchy. He said when he hang up his hat, it could be Dutchy, which is on Saturday. God, he said it's Dutchy already. So hey, we appreciate you stopping by and shout out Clue. I appreciate that. Thank you. And let's get into the the no cap recap then. Let's do it. We're gonna start it off with Nicholas Mata versus Cameron Van Camp. This one was a good win for. Nicholas model because Cameron Van Camp was one of those guys that was supposed to be the one like prospects. So it's just like, it's good to see that he he's leveling out and he's having to go through this fire where he has to actually learn and, and, and him being fast and, and having a good striking is not just going to carry him through all, all the time. 
Mm. You know, because there's also good strikers in here. You have to put it together, you know. Yeah. Teaches them how to put it together more. Yeah. You got to get that head off the center line. You know, got to work on them defenses. And I think when we talk about being the hammer instead of the nail, you got to put your shoe on the other foot and work from both ends. I think that's really important. To me, I want to learn defense before I learn offense. So exactly. And that, that's a that's a good way to build. Next for the no cap recap, Tony Gravely versus David Boshrock. And Boshrock came through with the W in this one. And we were just talking about like MMA fighters and being able to put it together better. And Tony Gravely is still learning how to put it together. He put it together better than he did in his last fight. And that's what we could appreciate. But Boshra was definitely just a step ahead in this one. He was a step I also ahead. think, like, uh, due to his size, he had, you know, the least amount of advantage. He was able to keep him at bay once he got his composure and was, you know, he got all the nerves out. I'm guessing that was round one, you know, still trying to get a feel. It's a different stage. It's, it's a little bit bigger. Got a bigger audience. More is at stake. You got a undefeated record that you're still trying to maintain. And I think, yeah, once he was able to put it together, he found his flow a little bit better. He started, you know, mixing everything up. He was going for takedowns, hitting the body, hitting the head, kicks. <laughs> he was right. throwing it all out there. So I was really appreciative of all of that. And, you know, I think he is, he's going to be a problem for the division, yes. but I still think he has some things he needs to clean up a bit. But I thought it was a, a good fight for his debut. And, you know, he was able to bring home the W. So, you know, shouts out to him. Yep. Shout out to Basharat and Basharat brothers, because that was his first fight after the contender series. So he he made a statement and Tony Gravely is a, that's a yep. big statement to make. So yep. shout out to him. Next, Myra Akapova versus Gillian Robertson. And Gillian Robertson came through with the round two mm-hmm. submission, rear naked choke. Yeah. It was bad because the choke was in there, but she was trying to fight it. The way she was trying to fight it was like bite her tongue or something like that. I don't so think I ever want to get my, to that point in, in fighting a choke. Here's my theory of what happened. She tapped while they were still near the cage, mm-hmm. but, you know, she kept holding on. And so... Now she's just being choked for dear life, you know, rolling over and she's still being choked. She she can't really do much. And I think, you know, and she ended up passing out. She ended up biting her tongue because it was past the point where she tapped out because it definitely looked like she tapped out when they were near the cage. And I had to hit a replay a couple of times. I'm like, that's a tap. But the ref didn't call it. She kept holding it. You know, of course, if the ref don't call it, you still hold it. I get it. It's, it's a sucky position to be in. But. I was a little bit upset because Myra, you know, was giving her the business in round one and defending all those rear nakeds. And it seems like that's her one move that she has. But, you know, Myra, you got to work on your defenses, girl. You got rear naked and you got slept. Hmm. Yeah, that's all I can say on that one. Could have avoided that because I think she could have made that tap clear. You say tried to tap like you. She did like this. That was not a clear tap. And she had other other opportunities to tap. You could not you you could tap with your mouth, you could tap with your feet, you could tap with your your hands. She been she been choked out. She was probably hitting a black realm by the time you know she hit that. Yep, that was but that's from her stalling out from not tapping in the first place because that shit was deep. (laughs) That shit was deep. (laughs) Shout out uh, Gillian Robinson. Like she 
She got another one. This is a good W to get. Speaking of good W to get. Next, Trey Ogden versus Daniel Zellhuber. He got the Unanis. Trey Ogden. He just pushed the pace more. He did. It, it, he it didn't want to lose again. Who's going to be more of a dog? So he just threw yeah. more and overwhelmed yeah. Daniel. And and Daniel literally was getting overwhelmed. You could see him not being able to put it together. And, and he put a one on that. He did. And then Trey Ogden, his last fight, he thought he won that. But, you know, coming into it, learning lessons. He was able, you know, to know that you need to push the pace more. You got to be more active. Even if it's in a defense of something, I'm going to be throwing something. Exactly. I'm going to make myself look good consistently. And, you know, Daniel, I believe this was his debut. And he, you know, you got that record. And you're trying to slowly put it together, but not adrenaline dump. And yeah. he wasn't fast enough to put it together, unfortunately. So hopefully he get it together and come back a lot stronger you know, confident and fluid to make it happen and take the W next time. But Trey Ogden was on a mission not to have a losing yeah. streak. It's the Just one loss that we're not gonna moving. keep. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna keep adding on to that. So that's a good game plan to have. Absolutely. I think the speed was there. The speed was there. I think he just wasn't setting them up. I think he he just wasn't setting up uh, the the strikes. And in between that, yeah. Trey Ogden, and in between him not being able to set it up, it's because Trey Ogden was really overwhelming him. That was like the yep. the, the whole game plan. Like he was like he's a sharp striker, so he has to set shit up and he has to get set and get his feet right. So Trey Ogden just took advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Next, speaking of took advantage of that, <laughs> Loma Luke Boomi versus Denise Gomez. She's new. A lot of them made their debut on this card. This was big for Luke Boomi because, you know, her just making that big statement on Contender Series. And this was like unanimous decision, but it was it was like a masterclass. Like, she showed how she's a different level since, you know, she had a few losses in the past that got her to this point. She showed up and she got it done. She really was staying out of the way of those power shots from Gomez and displaying her Muay Thai and her ground game as and well. And her ground game. And Don't her ground that. game. She I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Taking I, her down what, and keeping her down she there. She really was, was displaying good. her ground game as well and how she's being able to put it together as a mixed martial artist. That's the that part. Yeah. That part right there. But <laughs> shout out to shout out to her. I almost slept on the main point. Oh, oh. But the main but, thing was her she was keeping her down there and beating her up. All right. Speaking of beating him up, put him down there, just beating him up. Next, Trevin Giles versus Lewis Kosey. Trevin Giles got the uh, unanimous. And Trevin Giles, this was probably the safest fight I've ever seen. Thank you for it, saying that. This was the safest fight. Oh, why? Was that the main point? That's the. Yeah, that was the main <laughs> point when this fight was over. He was like, that was the safest way he, he could have did it. The safest way. And I understand. Like, he didn't want to get knocked out again, and I get it. He got the W, but like, don't don't keep thinking it's gonna be that sweet. He stayed out the way, out the way, out the <laughs> he way. Stayed at, at distance, touch, touch, did what he needed to do. But at the same time, like, it seemed like he kind of frustrated uh, Kosi. I guess that's a good way to do it. But I think the issue was he thought he was just gonna to come to welterweight and just knock Bamas out. And then happened the other mm. way around. <laughs> he was, oh, the power, yeah. the power, not too different. Okay, I got it, got it. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes that's what it takes. Joe Giles, he definitely made sure that he was not losing this time at all. So he did what he had to do. Next time, I'm just saying they're gonna put somebody in front of you 
that you might have to knock the fuck out. <laughs> and and uh, don't be afraid to. Like, those hands were looking fast. Uh, ever since he lost, he dropped weight, he was looking super quick, super fast. But it's just like that switch. I don't know what happens when people lose weight. Like, that switch be, you know, I don't know, loosen up. But shout out to you on the W. Next, speaking of, shout out to them on the W, Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini did this in first round, a minute and nine seconds. Nobody saw this coming. (laughs) Nobody. Sabatini's a problem, too. Like, I would have lost some money for real. (laughs) I would have lost some money because I would have went Pat Sabatini all day long. But he had some extra, extra sources working with him. You know, he had some... He has some some extra extra strength, extra energy sources working with him. And, you know, sometimes like when people just had that extra push, that, that extra, you know, those things going on, like sometimes that be you saying it all the time, like people don't ever know what somebody got going on. That's why. Man, you try the wrong person and you just gonna get all that frustration they've been building up. That's in this moment, that's that's exactly right. what happened. Appetite but room. at the same time, I don't know. I I kind of want to say this was like a premature stoppage to me. They stopped it a little too quick for my liking. But you know, I could be wrong. But you know, yeah, and I that first know. that first shot, I didn't know that he was dazed like that. I didn't know that that I didn't know him to I didn't see him very like days but i just saw damon jackson just start taking advantage i'm like all right i guess he saw something that we don't see that's what i'm which, saying which i would expect i would expect yep. him to see some shit that we don't see like yeah but if it's some shit i'm seeing and he don't see it that's when i'm irritated yep. <laughs> like, yeah because we was like what happened exactly. and it was the kick he was stumbled from the kick and then he just went in which i can always appreciate when people have that killer instinct you see him wobble just a little bit go in for the kill so i can appreciate him for that especially because you know last couple of fights i've been watching people don't have that killer instinct and Mm -hmm. they don't know when to capitalize on positions and they end up fumbling the bag Mm -hmm. see next Speaking of fumbling the bag, Mark Andre Baralt versus Anthony Hernandez. I thought he was supposed. I thought this was supposed to be a. This was supposed to be a Baralt W, but jujitsu. But jujitsu. That's how that goes. And this was a arm triangle choke, and it was bad too. Like he set he set it up, and he didn't see it coming. Like he just got to the right position and just put that shit in. It was a wrap. But I can't tell people what to do. <laughs> can't tell people what to <laughs> right around three two so what do you who you think would have had if it would have finished if it would went through i don't know i was more focused on what was happening with his ear i'm like what is that hanging out of his ear what like what's going on i was, I was a lot i was fixated on that a lot well, more than i, I should know. have been i don't know people they they you you gotta work. You gotta think about the mental state of the people with who got like the gauges with the ear hanging, and they just put some tape yep. or something on it. Like you don't care at some degree <laughs> if your ear gets yes, smashed off. That is true. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, <laughs> he taped it up. I know, but it's just it just be seeming like it's so available for it to happen. But you it, just but he put came, your finger in there and pull. But his hands his hands were looking sharp for sure. His hands were looking yes, sharp. Were. And it was good to see that like he's like actually elevating. It's yeah. good to see him progress. It's good to see him progress. Next, Tanner Bozer versus Rodrigo Nascimento. And this was a round three win for Nascimento. 
he was just more active. It seemed like Tanner was pushing it, but at the same time, he couldn't really touch Nascimento like he wanted to. Nascimento was staying active and out the way and still landing his strikes, being technical, mm -hmm. and Tanner was not being very technical. Yeah, and then once Nascimento got him on the ground, it's hard to get a bigger dude up off of you. I think he was 30 pounds heavier. That's a challenge in itself. It's like you don't want to get stuck up under a big guy like that, and that's what happened. That's when the fight started to change because he was getting stuck up under this big guy and couldn't get from up under him. Or when he was doing it, wasn't fast enough, you right back down there, and yep. it's just super draining. He didn't hesitate to take him down. Man. <laughs> and it made it happen immediately. But, Speaking um, of didn't hesitate to say some stuff, Joe Pfeiffer, defeat. <laughs> Alan Amadovsky. Alan Amadovsky, guys, great segue. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Be Joe oh Pfeiffer. Oh my God. I said be Joe, be Joe Pfeiffer. Be Joe Pfeiffer. That's what that's what that's what his promo was saying. And this promo was a little too much. Come on. The B B B B B B B B Joe Pfeiffer. Y'all that's tripping. all he got. That's all he tripping. got right now. So he had to make it work. He had to make a, a positive, important statement for him because he was the only one on the contender series to get a contract that week. And he was the last fight. Dana White was saying be Joe Piper. Yeah, I, rem Joe I remember Piper why he was saying it. I remember every reason why he was saying it. I'm just saying the promo of how they, how they, the UFC cut it up. It was like beep, 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 like made it like. Maybe he did like, that. I, I wonder whose direction, who was the creative director behind that, that part. Maybe it was him. But what I'm saying is like, that is a huge statement when it's coming from the president of the UFC, that is something to brag about. They're saying, be like him. And I think that's kind of the, the ride he was going with. And then he ended up still getting a knockout in his debut. He talked a little bit too much and exposed too much. You know, you can't tell people everything, but he still got it done. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't be saying, hey, I don't know if you're ever going to get an opportunity again like that. But for future references, so. don't say no shit like that. If somebody give you money on the side, that's the hey, reason why it's on the don't know. side. Most people don't know that Dana White gave me money on the side and get put me up in a place for a year. Like, most people what? don't know that. They know now. They know now. So, And yeah. now motherfuckers. About to be mailing and messaging Dana, like, hey. Oh, and he got a bonus check. He got to fight a uh, performance of the night for that, too. No, he need to be Joe Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he Do he have a nickname yet? No. I Talk too much. That's what it should be. <laughs> he can't hold hot water. Tea, teapot. <laughs> Blowing it all up. Joe spilling the tea piper. Ooh, there right. it is. <laughs> All right, next, Andre Philly versus Bill Algio. Andre Philly is is starting to elevate to the point where he like, you know, I'm I'm starting to need some five round type shit. You know, Andre Philly thinking he needs some five round type shit. Just off that that performance alone, he's saying he he ready to represent for the featherweight. So big W for him. I don't like that he fumbled. The rear naked choke bag. Two <laughs> rear naked. They was deep. They was in. He it had his hands so locked. This mofo twice pulled his arm back. Like, dude, hide it. Like, what? What? Even just hold it. He's tired. You got his your hand to squeeze a little bit more. He had it. It was so frustrating watching it because he had it. And it, and if you're not practicing the one arm rear naked, you sleep. 
because you're going to get that more than you get the one with two hands. And I was just so frustrated watching that because he had it. He just had to be patient and he just, he lost his patience, but good job on Bill because he stayed patient, didn't freak out and got out of it twice. So good job on you, Andre. You fumbled it bad. I did work on it. It's the, the cradle, the cradle and it's all shoulder. It's not straight back. You can't yeah. do that. You, you got to you gotta drop it over. Above, get the yeah. neck in the middle and pull that motherfucker. Drop that bitch over. But <laughs> even if you got to grab your shoulder, because I saw you ball up your arm next to your shoulder. So you could have grab grabbed your shoulder. You grab grab that motherfucker and pull. Like, but it's all right. That's why I think I think when I'll be watching these videos, I I really feel good about the, the level of jujitsu that we're learning. And who we're learning it from, like, and how they choose to t- pay attention to detail, because there's guys that they're like, oh, I'm in the jujitsu, I'm always on the mats, I've always got a gi on, and they just like it, just they blue belt, purple belt, and it just be like the simple stuff, like watching Dustin Poirier in closed guard for a whole round. That still hurts my soul. I don't know, like that, like he, like that. He forgot like, he was a black belt. That was he didn't want to make it sport. worse. He, he wasn't doing nothing in closed guard. But shout out to uh, Andre Feely. Got another one, Dunzo. Next, Chitty Najukwani versus Gregory Rodriguez. Fight of the night right here. Like I said, it was going to be because it switched so fast. But I, I know RoboCop, he's usually a slow starter. And that's that was like the little downside to it. But once he got that gash in the middle of his forehead, he knew he had to turn it up. He knew he couldn't do three rounds with that big ass gash in the head. It was just dripping blood all over the place. But the artery, you know, was, the artery was showing like that man, artery in your forehead. That shit was so nasty. Ah. It was. It was. I know he got staples and fuck Look, stitches. The man you, got staples in it. You had that man sliced up bad. He did. He did. And it is just like the only thing that defeated him was your gas tank. Yep. Your own gas tank defeated you. I think his moral, his morale too went out the window as well. Coming punching that the, motherfucker I, to his face fall off. No, coming in the second round when they got off the stool, he just looked defeated. He's like, this man keeps standing and he's not going anywhere. The same thing uh Corey Sanhagen said. He's like, I keep hitting him, but he's not going away. Okay, you gotta keep pulling them weapons out. What y'all understand is like the cuts don't be distracted by the cuts. The cuts is just your elbow pinching in between their bone and your bone. And you're, you're creating a cut. That's not knocking nobody out. That's going to make somebody bleed. I don't know if they're going to be lightheaded, but you're making cuts. You're not making, you're not making actual strikes. The jaw, the chin line, the temple line, the back of the ear, those areas, like y'all are making cuts on the forehead and right on like those areas not about to knock nobody out. It's cool, it's nice for show, but those you, elbows is good if you're gonna put them in the right spot. It's one yeah. this is letting y'all know to be okay, it's cool to, to get the blood and, and all that shit going because that's damage. But at the same time, you know you gotta be a, a sniper. You gotta put that shit right where it need to go. Yeah, but also you can get a doctor stoppage off of, you know, excessive bleeding, excessive swelling in the right spot. So I do believe that in that right spot right here, you keep touching it enough and it opens up big enough, you're going to get a TKO. So like, no, it's not putting the person out, but keep picking at it. Just just keep, you know, tearing it down piece by piece. Like St. Hagen did. Like Like St. Hagen was was rubbing his motherfucking fingers in that shit. 
Yeah. Man. Do we yep. talk about because, that? Because Sanhagen, he knew he didn't have the power. So guess what? He had to pull out his alternate weapons, which is why it's important yeah. that you use, like, your whole body is a weapon. Use it. If my power is not going to beat him, guess what? My elbows will. And that's exactly what happened because he knew he could not knock Song out. He couldn't. Yeah. He was more yeah. powerful, which is why he stayed out of the way. But, you know, he got that doctor stoppage. He got that cut and just kept going it kept on them elbows yeah. he did not stop he increased the amount of elbows that he was throwing yeah and he was wake he up was, people he was he was digging in it trying to open the cup more, <laughs> yes, trying to open the cup more. it's just like but saying it's like it's like saying Hagen learned all those little small little tricks along the way by fighting these high level guys and seeing the dirty little shit that they do yep. and he's now he's, he's trying to know do it your way, bro. Do it the way you've been doing it. it. He is. Do it. He's Do it a smaller guy it. with not as much power. You have yeah. to use your other weapons. And his elbow is a perfect weapon. His I'm not saying don't use your, your your weapons. I'm just saying, like, normally he, he wasn't the type of fighter that do little dirty shit like that. That's all I'm saying. But I'm saying now, now, now he's fighting at a higher level. It's just like, all right, got to do what I got to do. The Kamaru right. Usman grabbing the gate, you know, you just, three, you just, three rounds you just, in a row. You just fought num- fought number 10, sir, and he almost took you out. You know what I'm saying? So that's true. Please keep in mind this was a very this is a tight fight. You know, this was going, but but he was he was winning the rounds. I think he had, I think I gave Song like two rounds. I think I gave him Song two rounds and San Hagen. The other two. Yeah, other two. I think they was about to go halfway into it yeah it was super close it was super close but i think maybe it was leaning more to, towards saying hey but that's why i wanted to fight to finish so bad <laughs> i wanted to finish so bad because like every second it was a problem because that he was standing up with song your dong because saying hagan's it seemed like his cardio was like becoming an issue and song your dong was still moving forward and being a problem so mm-hmm. this was a good main event Corey saying hagan put, puts on good fights i think he puts on good fights because i don't know if it's just like his punching power it just seems like it just takes him a longer time to do it with his hands unless he's like doing a flying knee or something like, unless he's catching somebody with a flying knee or something use all your weapons i ain't mad yeah. at it but i'm just saying standing up boxing straight like song yadon was really in there with him and and taking taking his shit yeah like <laughs> he was taking that shit but Shout out, Corey saying, hang on. I don't know what happens next. I don't know what this this win over Song Yadon proved. It is a so stop. two it, it judges had it as tied, so they gave them split. And then the middle judge gave Corey Sanhagen three rounds and then Song Yadong one round, which was the first round. So even if they would have went to decision, Corey Sanhagen would still won. Maybe according to the other two judges, maybe not because it would have it would have been like, yeah that shit was tied. It was thirty eight thirty eight. That fifth round would have made a huge decision when it could have went either way. But the way his eye was swelling up and all that blood dripping in his face, you know, once you knock the Vaseline off and get the blood dripping again, you know, you're right where you started. Yep, that was a no cap recap. But UFC Vegas sixty, yeah, it was sixty. They running them Vegas numbers up. They are. They do. They doing their thing. Yeah. Keep them shit coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because you know we got in the next few weeks is it's gonna be uh I think Mackenzie Dern. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be some jujitsu going down next week, but I don't know if the card is going crazy. 
It's not. I only saw six fights on it so far, so I know they still adding to that roster, which is yeah. Good. They they just chilling right now because they know October twenty second coming, and they know it's gonna it's gonna be that, big. On October second, they know it's big. That that fight that is gonna be crazy, yeah. just crazy. Yeah. You know, and you know what I don't like? People counting my dog. Charles Oliveira out <laughs> and Israel Adesanya out. They counting my dogs out what? already. Yes, yes. Just they counting them out, and I don't appreciate that. So, you know, I can't wait for those events to come so they can just shut people up. Yep, that's what normally happens. I'm, I am must say, like, hey, put that money down and make sure them DraftKings is hot. Hey, it, I already got loaded. my bets on them for make, both of make, them. Make sure them DraftKings is loaded. Man, that's like two, three weeks out a pay-per-view then three weeks later another pay-per-view they think people just made a money out here like give us some freebies give us some usc fight nights yeah, well, that go harder than a pay-per-view exactly y'all y'all caught on y'all caught <laughs> they fucking caught on we see it was us running our mouth it was us running our <laughs> that mouth was you running like, your mouth like damn Man, that should have paid for that one. Remember, all right, bet. Say less. Mm, well, the, the card is stacked, so I'm not even, like, upset, but I'm much more excited about uh, the Charles Oliveira fight. But I will say it is fucked up that Aljamain Sterling is the champion, but he the co-main event. And Charles Oliveira, love you for sure, but, you know, you vacated your title. I think it's fucked up. Oh, uh, well, half of a pound. I think it's fucked up. And, but he's still considered the main of a bit, the main event. I think that's what I, the the money part and the draw part come in. If that's not the case, then that's messed up still. That's fucked you know, up. TJ Dillashaw juicing ass, really? It could have yeah. been somebody else. But okay, I'm happy Al Jermaine Sterling's not letting that go either. The only time you yeah, fall good. Yeah, don't let that shit you, slide yeah, for Yeah, don't let second. that shit slide about one second. Like, and that's, nah, that's, like, okay, yeah, you got a two-year suspension. So what? So what? You still was juicing. <laughs> For what you was already winning, I don't, like, I don't get it. I don't know. Just I don't. Mm. But this, this car go hard though. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I know people that had gonorrhea for two years. She wow. can stay in your system. She can stay in your system. <laughs> gonorrhea though, Armani, just you always gotta take shit too far. All right. Uh, in that note, we're gonna close it out. <laughs> we here. We've been here. Follow us on Spotify. Don't worry about what he said about those STDs. You know, you people still matter with them. You know, shouts out to y'all. Nobody says y'all don't, but I'm just I, saying you know, like, I, like shit can stay in your system for a long time. That's all I'm saying. All right. Test that man the day of. My cousin, my cousin had a tape worm. Uh, like <laughs> yes. so she could just be in your system but all right talk to y'all appreciate it yeah hey appreciate y'all rocking with us it's the roundhouse roundtable follows on like b said spotify itunes everything youtube twitter we talking shit on there we or talking shit on there, even B. I don't have access sure to Twitter. That's <laughs> not sure me. That's not me. <laughs> That's I don't not know me. How to use, I don't know how to use Twitter. So please don't add me in there. That's not us. Nope. <laughs> That's not us. I don't know these people. But well, all right, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. This is Brown House Roundtable, and we out of here. That's why I use a heat as a sword. Because keeping the peace is important. Yeah. They go keys for you. Say please. That's one. Please. Don't need. No one is two. Please. Don't leave, that's three, four, if you do.